Hey everyone, this is Arnold with One Welcome. I've got a pretty special one for you today. And in the days to follow, um, I will be partnering up with Sunshine Town Love. And Sunshine Town Love is an organization, and behind it is a collective of very creative, young, passionate, talented individuals here in New York City that are hoping to help Chinatown and and by, by helping Chinatown, what I mean by that is very specific, they want to bring Chinatown online. So the problem with a lot of these merchants, as they call them, or stores or, or business owners in Chinatown, is that they're very, they have a very different mentality, right? And the way they've operated is really solely through word of mouth. A lot of them don't have social media presence. Um, they are cash only. They're pen and paper businesses. They, they don't have much technology built in. There isn't really, um, a gift card or donation page or, or anything like that that you maybe you saw in the beginning of this pandemic you saw a lot of restaurants create their GoFundMe pages as an example but um, they don't have the know-how these these merchants in Chinatown and um, by partnering up with San Chinatown Love what they do is they build a donation page right so they have a team of engineers designers and storytellers create a custom web page for these merchants and they take donations self gift cards and uh, even, even the marketing for a lot of these stores. 100% of donations go straight to the merchant. Uh, they don't need to adopt any new point of sale systems or anything like that, but uh, they, they really ensure that the small off the grid Chinatown businesses get the funding that they need to survive. Um, and I think, you know, from, from my perspective, I've been seeing a lot of other media, companies and even even like resi covering China, chinatown and i think that's great um and I, and I hope to play a part in this too and hoping to amplify the voices so um for for me uh when i was doing this project this was the end of august uh i want to say and what we did when i was partnering up with scl is we wanted to feature the sons and daughters of these small businesses that are stepping up to help out with their family. And to start, we're gonna be talking with Ling, who's actually part of the San Chowtown Love team and helped onboard her family business as a second merchants on the platform. So uh, without further ado, this is my conversation with Ling from San Chowtown Love. So ever since I was really young, like for as long as I can remember, uh, my parents have been working in the restaurant business. So when, so we were, they came from China. I, me and my brother were also born in China. Um, there's actually a funny story of how I came to the U.S. because they actually all came here first to try and build a life here. Um, and for my first year that I grew up in China, my aunts and uncles raised me. So I thought they were my parents. Um, <laughs> and then when my dad came to bring me to the United States when I was one year old, um, I thought I was being kidnapped. So he said I was crying on the entire like 15 hour flight back here, um, which, you know, I can't really apologize for considering I was a child, but, um, that's how 
I got to the US and then ever since then, the only thing I can remember, I think my earliest memory is working or like being at the restaurant that my parents were working at. Um, so they started off first working at a couple of friends restaurants and then eventually they opened their own on Long Island. Um, and you know, it was a very different childhood, I think, for me growing up where my friends would have like birthday parties or they would have playdates and I couldn't really do any of that. Um, it was hard for me to be able to say yes to these things because I always kind of had to be at home. And then as I got older, um, even in elementary school, it was all of the help that we could get we needed. So it really became, it was always centered around this idea of a family business. So um, my brother has always been working there and my brother's eight years older than I am. So he's been working there for a much longer time than I have. Um, and then my mom handles the phone calls and all the customer orders, the front desk. And she also cooks a little bit, but my dad is really the main chef. Um, so he'll handle all of the kitchen things. He'll prep all the ingredients. He'll do most of the cooking. And then when I was really young, I started off, you know, when I was a kid, I was like rolling the dough for dumplings or like peeling shrimp or like cutting the ends off things that, you know, if you messed up on, it wasn't really a big deal. And then as I got older, um, and since I was more or less raised in the US, my English started to get quite good. So then I started becoming like the front desk person. So then I started taking orders, um, really being that like face person for the restaurant. Um, but then I think growing up, I started to see a lot. And as I got older, I started to see a lot of the sacrifices that my parents had to make in order for us to live a certain lifestyle. Um, and we grew up like with a very humble background, I would say. Like at one point, we were living in this two-room building and there were six of us living there. Um, and at the time, it was just the way life was. I didn't really think anything about it until I started growing up. And then, you know, sometimes when I would go to my friend's houses after school or something, and then I would see like these houses that they lived in. Um, and it was kind of, I think growing up, it was almost like embarrassing to see. So I, I was really ashamed and hid a lot of my background growing up. Um, particularly because I grew up in a very predominantly white town. And I think there were just a lot of cultural differences there uh, where I was scared to bring food that my mom made to school because, you know, duck over rice and with all the bones and everything, it just isn't as appealing as eating like a peanut butter jelly sandwich, even though now like I would take duck over rice any day. But um, yeah, I think it was, there was a lot of sacrifices that my parents had to make growing up. And now I can appreciate and recognize those. But at the time I was the, you know, this like stubborn teenager who just wanted to hang out with her friends and thought it was so unfair how I constantly had to work at the restaurant, um, especially on week weekends and every day after school, it was like, you have to come back here immediately because that's when our dinner rush picks up and we need all the help that we can get. Yeah. 
Wow. I mean, I, I totally resonate with the story because I guess it's a little different, but at the same time, uh, you know, with a lot of people I've had on the podcast, I kind of grew up in that situation or that scenario. Like there's not really a choice, you know, like there's yeah. like your family lives there and works there, breathes there, you know, like it's, it's just, that's home. Right. In, in like a weird way, um, whether you like it or not, you don't have a choice. So I can really relate with that situation, but um, if I remember correctly, I think your your family restaurant was actually the first merchant uh, for Sun Chinatown Love, right? It was actually the second merchant for Sun Chinatown Love. Um, but yeah, so after coronavirus hit, um, they were really struggling and they had to shut down their shop. And, you know, that was their only source of income. They didn't have any sort of side hustle or anything else going on to get money. So um, it became a very uh, tense situation when, where it was like, well, our only source of income is gone now. And the only person in our family who's earning money is Ling um, because I was still, I'm still working a f- another full-time job. So it was a very uh, precarious situation. And when I heard about San Chinatown Love and then I joined and I was like, I think this is something that could really make a difference, at least for us in the short term. So uh, I kind of forced them to do it because <laughs> they're, they're very mistrustful of digital solutions, I think. Um, you know, it took me like five years to convince them to get a credit card reader for the restaurant. And so like, even something like that, they were like, oh, well, we don't want to take cards because it's like too complicated. And it's another admin thing that we have to deal with. And, you know, there's always something of a reason why to not do something. But with some Chinatown love, it was kind of like, this is a way that we can help and you know you have nothing to lose here really um worst case that happens is that your marketing breakthrough doesn't really it isn't really a breakthrough and that you're back at square one but at least give this a shot you know and so they did and i think now they're um really seeing the positive impacts of it like my dad checks the site every week and he's like oh my god we have like this much more money and it's like his favorite hobby now so (laughs) (laughs) he's like so grateful to the entire team that this is something that they've done for him yeah i mean that's that's such a wonderful story and and i think that people of that generation of our parents generation they're just averse they're averse to change averse to technology anything new right anything that's unfamiliar um but uh, as I told you off air, um, if people, people that are listening, I'm sure people that are listening are the ones that have sent me San Chinatown Love dozens of times. Yes, I know of them and they're great. But tell me, for those that don't know what San Chinatown Love does, could you share a little bit about the, the mission behind it and maybe why it was founded? So it was founded um, by someone named Justin McKibben. Um, he skates through Chinatown to work every day. So he, very early on, he saw the effects that COVID-19 was having on Chinatown. Um, So from, you know, xenophobic rhetoric a lot, there's been a surge of anti-Asian hate crimes, as I'm sure we're all familiar with, and a lot of discrimination towards Asian-owned businesses throughout the U.S. And I think when you have a neighborhood like Chinatown, that's just even more so perpetuated. 
Um, so he was really seeing how these Chinatown businesses were disproportionately impacted by the pandemic. And even with early shutdowns, um, like 70%, I think, of restaurant owners, Chinese restaurant owners had to shut down before the mandated closure in March. So I think those two things really hit Chinatown really hard. Um, and then on top of that, when you have a lot of these businesses that are cash only, maybe don't speak, maybe English is not their um, first language and are not very tech savvy and they're very traditional uh, models of business. These traditional shops can't really afford to, and maybe they don't even have the technical skills to adopt these digital solutions that I've seen a lot of other restaurants do. Um, so they're not going to like set up a GoFundMe for themselves. Right, or, right. You know, set up their own website impromptu um, to help deal with this. And I mean, I maybe they would if they could, but I think there's just a lot of variables that go into play with that that prevents them from doing that. Um, and on top of that, there's the language barrier, right? So limited English profi proficiency would make it difficult for merchants to set these up or even receive financial assistance like the PPP. So I think um, with all of those factors in mind, uh, Justin had the idea of, you know, how can we really help them? And Send Chinatown Love started with um, the original mission to really identify the restaurants that were suffering from the impacts of COVID and help them raise money to sustain themselves until the effects of the pandemic passed over. Um, so I think when it started, we were, he got a bunch of people together. He literally sent out, um, posted a story on Instagram that was like, hey, there's this problem I want to solve. Does anyone want to help? And then a bunch of people started replying. Um, and I got connected to it because I have a mutual friend with Justin and she was like, this is right up your alley. You should totally hit him up and see how you can help. Um, so then that's how it all started. And I think when we first joined, we were all kind of like, oh, this is a really important problem that we have like two to three months to solve. We, none of us knew it was going to last this long. Um, and, you know, it's been about five months now that we've been operating and we're still going strong. But I think now our mission has expanded a bit to where it started um, with this very um, immediate, like, how do we help these businesses sustain themselves? Um, and now we're thinking more longer term to how do we make sure these businesses sustain themselves longer term? And part of the way we're doing that is really by making a lot of these digital modern marketing tools accessible to these merchants. So we'll, I think something that we pride ourselves in uh, with Sunshine Town Love is that the merchants always come first. So we'll always meet the merchants with where they're at and what they're comfortable with. Um, so for example, a lot of merchants might not be comfortable putting their faces online, um, but we, instead of forcing them to, you know, take a picture and like post something online um, to make their marketing campaign more personable, we'll find ways around that. So, um, well, the design team will either like design a custom store logo for them and that will be their image for the website or um, we'll take a picture of them just using their hands as they're like cooking something or 
from a back profile view so that their faces aren't exposed, but donors can still see the person behind the business. So it's still personable um, and it still will encourage people to donate to these businesses. Um, but, and I, our team is really diverse and it's made up of five core segments. So we have the seller empathy team, which is uh, the team I'm on. And that's the team that really spearheads merchant outreach. So this is about identifying our target merchants, which are those low tech cash only, uh, Asian immigrant owned small businesses that I was speaking to. And we'll find, we'll reach out and find them and we'll ask if they're interested in something like Sunshine Town Love. And if they are, we'll do an in-depth interview so we can really get their story and be able to tell their story the right way. And we'll post that on our website. And then from there, the merchant can collect donations as well as gift cards. And that's kind of an immediate way for them to sustain themselves now because it's like money now. Um, But we'll also post them. Then our business team, uh, which is composed of legal and marketing and analytics, they'll post the merchant story on our social media as well so that they're making sure that we're plugging them into the right platforms and they're getting the exposure that they need. Um, Because a lot of these businesses are super off the grid. Um, And then the other teams are engineering, which is, you know, the brains behind all of this. They'll build the website and everything else in between. Um, So they really make sure that all of this works seamlessly. And then the design team, as the name suggests, creates all of the beautiful illustrations. So every single merchant storefront is custom designed by our design team. Uh, they design the web page and literally any beautiful illustration that you see that we put out is all done by the design team. Um, and then lastly, we have partnerships, which is uh, basically our colla- any collaboration with third parties. So... For example, we have a gift a meal campaign where we'll partner with one of our merchants and a community organization to give out um, free gift cards. So it's a mutually beneficial relationship for both the community organization and the merchant. And the partnerships team has a huge, uh, plays a huge role in that in helping us find those, those distributors and those community organizations. Um, and then they also do a lot of other things just in terms of helping us, you know, with PR and building any sort of other organizational relationship. You mentioned these businesses being off the grid and you mentioned your role in the empathy, the cell empathy team as uh, outreach. So my question to you is, how are you, how are you doing the outreach if they, if these guys are, are not on Instagram they don't have a website. Like, how are you going in person and actually talking to potential merchants or how, how does that work? Yeah. So actually when we first started, this was super hard for us to do because a lot of the stores were shut down. And if we didn't know any store owners personally, the only way that we could reach them was through their phone at the store, which was closed. So it was kind of, um, you know, it was like, how do we reach out to these people? And it kind of started with us reaching out to our networks instead. You know, all of us who are on the team have such a very 
strong drive to really help Chinatown. All of us have some sort of personal connection there. So we started reaching out into our own networks and seeing if we knew any friends or had friends of friends or whatever who had a family that owned uh, any business. Um, so that's how we onboarded our first merchant, Shunfa Bakery and, Sun- and Bensonhurst, um, because one of our one person on the team, it was her friend's mom. And then our second merchant was my family's business. So that was an obvious connection. And then from there, as we started onboarding more and more merchants, we started to be able to build that trust and the results. Because at this point, we weren't just some a bunch of random kids who were trying to build websites for businesses anymore. You know, we had something to our name now. Um, so then it got a bit easier from there. And then we also started trying to work really hard with just um, anyone in the community. So, um, for example, we were talking to like the Chinatown bid and other um, community organizers in Chinatown to see what connections they had and if any if they knew anyone who would be interested in our help. So we started t- taking a very uh, community driven approach to just see like what the issues were and who really needed the help. Um, and then from there, it just kind of grew. And then I think as restaurants started opening again, um, that that was when we started going door to door and saying, introducing ourselves, who we were, um, explaining what we did. And I think that was also really helpful because it's always just better to build those connections face to face. And it wasn't just, you know, some name on a screen or some voice you heard over a phone call. So that was also really helpful in building trust. So we've also gone door to door. And then I think the something that I was really fortunate but also surprised about was when businesses started reaching out to us as well. Um, but mostly actually sons and daughters of business owners. You know, they'd be like, my family runs this business and I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Is this um, a business that you could look into? So, I mean, how many merchants have you onboarded up to, up to, up today? We have 12 merchants onboarded today. Um, and they're located in multiple of New York city's Chinatown. So we have the Manhattan Chinatown. We have some in sunset park. We have some in Bensonhurst. Um, and we have some in Flushing as well. Yeah. That's awesome. And you mentioned how everyone on the team has a personal connection to Chinatown, right? So for you, what does, what does Chinatown mean to you? Chinatown for me is, this is very cliche, but it's the home away from home. Um, even though I do still live very close to my parents on Long Island, it's, it's just that very accessible source of culture for me and Chinese food. And anytime I'm missing um, home cooked meals. I can just go to Chinatown and I know I can get something really authentic at a really good price. Um, and it's just, I don't know, like you said earlier, I think New York would be very different without Chinatown. And it is part of what makes New York so special. I think all of these different neighborhoods within New York and how diverse New York is. Um, and I think Chinatown plays a huge role in that. And You know, even growing up, my family used to come to Chinatown every Sunday to get groceries. And so Chinatown is just a very familiar place to me. Um, You know, everything from the food to the items that you can only find in grocery stores in Chinatown, 
and things like that. I mean, that's why New York is New York, you know, like, like you said too. And for me, one of the most attractive things about coming to the city and moving here seven years ago was being able to basically just walk a couple blocks and be in China or like walk a couple blocks and be in like, you know, Italy kind of, and, and having access to such different cuisines, you know, I don't, I don't know anywhere else where within a mile radius, you can get a variety of cuisines. And also it's not just the variety, but like the quality, right. Of, of these places is the other thing too. Um, but why, why does it matter? Right. Like, why do you think restaurants matter and, what kind of role do they play in preserving culture or identity of, let's say, like a neighborhood like Chinatown? So I think, at least with my parents and a lot of other uh, Chinese parents that I know, their love language is food. And, you know, if it's anything from like, if I was studying really late or doing work, my parents would always bring me sliced fruit um, or, you know, dinner on a plate where I you know, could just eat at my desk. And I think oh, food is a very expressive language and um, it's so central to what Chinatown has to offer. There's so many different types of Asian restaurants within Chinatown. Um, you know, you can get, you can get pho and then you can walk a couple of blocks and get a laksa and you can walk a couple of blocks and get um, like stir fried noodles. And so I think there's just, so much diversity within Chinatown alone. And I think the food is a big part of that and helps preserve the culture that Chinatown has. Um, and just the quality as well. Like it's, it's so authentic and you can go to so many different places and really find what you're looking for. Yeah. I love that. I definitely can relate to food being a love language because in, in Korea and I'm sure in, in China and honestly other Asian countries, like when parents ask us like, if you've, if you've eaten, right. It's like, basically, how are you? But they don't, they don't say how are I might, I think like, honestly, my dad has never asked me how I'm doing. It's always if I've eaten lunch or dinner, mm -hmm. you know, I think food is definitely a, a powerful thing. It's so emotional, you know, and it brings back so many memories. And I really hope, first of all, I think you're amazing. I think what you guys are doing is super amazing because you know, there, there just isn't much help right now, you know, on a federal level, on a city level, local level, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. And I think you all took the initiative to do something about it, right? Something that's also very uh, tangible, very actionable items, right? These are, these are things that could really change the business for the better. Um, and so I, I just really have so much respect for, for you, for Sunshine Town Love and for everyone involved. And I'm so happy to be working with you and your team to feature the, the two, you know, amazing small business owners in Chinatown, uh, you know, who are our age in their twenties and just absolutely crushing it. Honestly. I mean, at least, at least the best they could do, you know? Um, so again, I, I really appreciate you taking the time out to speak with me and sharing with the audience about what you do, what your organization does. And um, I, I'm just happy that you guys are around and uh, you know, really appreciate the work you guys are doing. Yeah, pleasure is all mine, Arnold. Thank you so much for having me today and letting me share the work that Sunshine Town Love has been doing. It's a great team and I they inspire me every day. So it really is such an awesome organization to be a part of. 
Thank you so much, Ling, again, for, for being on the podcast and for sharing a little bit about what you guys do as an organization. Um, it's funny because in the beginning, a lot of my friends were sending me San Chinatown Love and uh, when it was first starting out. And so I've always had um, my tabs on them and really, really, again, just respect what they're doing. This month, actually, of September, up until September 30th, they're doing a self-guided food crawl featuring their, their merchants, so these restaurants, bakeries, cafes, and other businesses throughout the neighborhood. Um, fundraising for, for them definitely provides immediate relief, but they're hoping with this food crawl to bring food traffic back to Chinatown uh, in a more sustainable long-term strategy to keep these businesses open. So anytime between now until the end of this month of September, you can explore incredible things Chinatown has to offer uh, while earning rewards for shopping with, with their merchants. So it's not, a, it's not a guided food crawl, um, so you can kind of experience it at your own pace with friends and family. And more information is online actually at sanchinatownlove.com and then SCL Food Crawl. If you want to take a look there, they got a great visual food crawl map and uh, all the information you might need about the merchants that they're featuring and just really, really well put together, very thoughtfully put together. Um, so check that out. And then tomorrow and Tuesday, we will be featuring um, some some amazing guests that I, that I got a chance to speak to in person. So stay tuned for that. But thank you for tuning in and thank you for continuing to support these communities and businesses that that I think deserve to be open and uh, have have been an amazing um, have been amazing contributors to making New York City what it is today. <laughs>